Hello, and welcome to the reading room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade, on Twitter, and today I will be reading A Feet Equal by Ishkabibble Bafflegab, Chapter 2, Context Clues A Fucking Plenty. This fic is rated for mature audiences. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. What are we up against? Kyoka chimes from behind her. Ochako hums pensively as she continues adjusting the focus knobs and fine-tuning the lenses on May's newest spy-tech baby, the so-called materialization specs, trying and failing to recall from the tutorial hologram how to optimize the magnification from roughly 1,500 meters out. Eventually, she manages, by accident, to work out the correct configuration and nearly takes a step backward when the image comes into full focus, because her vision suddenly insists she stand in the immediate vicinity of their two, no, three, targets, instead of nearly two kilometers away, cloistered on the top floor in a building roughly a fourth the size of the monolithic structure that houses the Quirk Registry Office. It's an unsettling, out-of-body kind of feeling that wrenches her guts in a way both familiar and foreign. Still, the up-close, right-in-your-face effect of the specs is pretty spectacular. She wonders if this baby in any real capacity approximates May's quirk. Achako recognizes two of their marks from the briefing. A tall, handsome boy not much older than herself, whose general air of mysterious charisma is ruined by the fanatical expression he's wearing. Weru Retsu, a.k.a. Fissure Freak whose quirk allows him to catastrophically rupture any non-organic material he touches for seven uninterrupted seconds. Slightly beside and behind him, a short, wiry young woman stands stooped and shivering, and though her previously long, lovely hair has been buzzed down nearly to the scalp, it'd be hard for Chaco to forget the ice-blue eyes of the O2 maven, Toru Sanzo whose picture has been flashing non-stop on news bulletins across the country for weeks now. The maven's abilities are as diverse as they are deadly. She can manipulate the molecules and oxygen to devastating effect. The third member of their party, however, is a complete mystery. All Ochako can determine from here, even with Hatsume's specs, is that she's a stocky, sharp-eyed woman who manages, bizarrely, to be totally nondescript in a pink and turquoise dragon kikurumi. Beyond that, both her identity and her abilities are a big, glaring question mark. Well? The irritated voice of her erstwhile classmate turned comrade in arms, Bakugokatsuki, menaces from directly beside her. She pulls the binoculars away and offhandedly turns them over to him, slipping back into her actual visual reality just in time to register the probably accidental, yet somehow intentional feeling, brush of his fingers over hers. She sets the definitely wrong intuition aside in the space of a single, weird lurch and heartbeat. Double-tapping the comm in her helmet and addressing her teammates at the same time. Aravity to Deku. Enemy cell located, imminently engaging targets J4 and O2, plus one unknown, sending coordinates, request backup. Achako slides a glance sideways at by far the most volatile of her mission partners, the once and future king of explodo kills, who's too busy sizing up their enemies to notice. 
When he finally disengages the binoculars and hands them off to Kirishima at his back, she sees he's got that familiar, manic gleam in his eyes. The one that, in her experience, always foreshadows epic property damage. Recommend evacuation of Isley Ward. Deku's voice, much changed since their time at UA, sounds in her receiver. Shoto and Deku en route. Ingenium, Cellophane, and Creati will handle evacuation protocols. We're on the way. Be there in 20. Predictably, this elicits an immediate comeback from Bakugo, who reaches up to tap his own calm. Don't forget your fucking dustpan, Deku. The insinuation being that cleanup duty is all that'll be left to handle by the time the rest of the team arrives. Achako chuckles quietly and throws a look over her shoulder at Earphone Jack, who rolls her eyes and elbows Red Riot for her own turn at the specs. Deku again. Let's keep the mayhem to a minimum, eh, Kachan? Eat shit and die. The poison and volatility are there, same as always, trademark Bakugo. But the exchange is more barbed banter than the screaming combat it once was, and she can't help but marvel at how transformed they both are, at how far they've come together. The fraught, desperate antagonism that once defined their every interaction has given way to a deep, mutual respect, still definitely underscored by hostility, just no longer exclusively. Bakugo abruptly slaps his calm off again, automatically snapping out a rage-furled spark-pop in hand in Kirishima's general direction, apparently sensing the other boy's amused expression and, as always, disapproving that it's at his expense. Kirishima, more than used to this kind of demonstration, and impervious even before that, doesn't even acknowledge the implicit threat. Hands at his waist. So what's the plan? Should just be a skeleton crew of night janitors and security personnel in the building, and it doesn't look like they've taken anyone hostage, so... Pair up? Split the difference? Kyoka finally lowers the specs, owl-eyed for a moment at the drastic perspective shift. Then, she indicates Kirishima and herself with her thumb. I'm assuming we're on evac duty. And then, you want Aravity, yeah? This latter question comes pointedly aimed at Bakugo, and feels somehow charged with more than surface meaning. Judging by the dangerous, simmering look he sends back at her, Bakugo knows exactly what Kyoka isn't saying. Ochako and Kirishima exchange puzzled glances. Want to go, earlobes? Bakugo challenges, stance suddenly low, and both hands now kicking out a series of miniature explosions. For the life of her, Ochako can't figure out what set him off this time. Kyoka is ceding the combat opportunity to him. He should be happy. Kyoka, unimpressed with his tantrum, I'll take that as a yes. Then, because she enjoys poking combustible bears, feel free to continue protesting too much, though. Achako grimaces as Bakugo fumes, literally, and swears, while Kyoka flatly ignores him in favor of tucking the specks into her hip pack and chucking her chin toward the door with her eyes on Kirishima. Recognizing this as his cue to follow, he flashes a wink at Achako and a thumbs up at his blast-happy best friend and trails along after Kyoka. Save us some action, he calls back. Fully tuning out Bakugo's obscene tirade, Kyoka makes a half-turn at the door. Give us five for a head start, then greenlight the sector alert. Ochako nods in agreement and waves goodbye, except Kyoka's still standing there, 
looking smug and looking smug at her. She frowns, the frustration of being so deliberately left in the dark beginning to wear on her. You kids have fun, but be safe about it. The suggestive tone is unmistakable, but also confusing. What the heck's she missing here? Bakugo, meanwhile, I will plug my fist into your fucking face, you suck it fucking... She imagines he'd have continued, but he chokes off with a roar of wordless fury when Kyoko blows him a kiss and promptly leaves the room, closing the door behind her. That fucking bit... Achako smacks a hand over his mouth and scowls up at him in disapproval. The blessed silence this generates lasts precisely as long as it takes her to break contact. Then, you want some too? She rubs her temples, exasperated. What was all that about? The fell expression he's wearing falls abruptly away, leaving him looking hunted and sour surly. She waits for the inevitable, colorful fuck you, followed by an even more imaginative mind your fucking business. Oddly, neither ever comes. Instead, Bakugo reactivates his calm to relay Kyoka's parting instructions and slides open the room's only window. And even before he hops up onto the sill and fearlessly dangles his legs over the ledge, twenty-some stories above street level, she realizes he means this to be their exit point. Ochako ain't the type to break people down and analyze them like Deku, and she doesn't have the singular specific kind of insight into Bakugo's mind Kirishima unquestionably does. But she's worked alongside him for long enough that she's pretty good now at reading his cues, especially in the field where they've always shared a certain remarkable compatibility. A couple years back, when they were still employed at separate agencies, a chance tag-team encounter demonstrated how much they'd both grown since high school and how unexpectedly complementary their respective skill sets could be in a fight. She and Bakugo have teamed up countless times since, as sparring partners and interagency collaborators and even test subjects for a group of JAXA scientists researching anti-grav explosions, all of which make Kyoka's cryptic insinuations so baffling. Bakugo usually wants her to partner up with him because he acknowledges her abilities and because they work well together and maybe also because she tolerates his generally unhinged disposition better than most, or so she thought. But if Kyoka's hinting that there may be being other reasons... Oi, you coming, or are you good there with your thumbs up your ass? With a stifled shriek, this disturbing line of thought and her escalating panic promptly terminates. Kyoka's chasing ghosts. Katsuki doesn't offer his hand, or indicate in any way that he, what he wants from Uraraka. At this present moment, for this particular fucking situation, and fucking fuck wise-ass fucking earlobes in his head, because who the fuck else is he justifying himself to? Because she's not a toddler, and she can figure it out for herself. He's halfway out the window, on the top floor of a high-rise, for shit's sake, and this is far from the first time they will have taken the high road. There are context clues of fucking plenty. So why is she just standing there? staring into space like that shitty-ass nerd Lord Deku, like she's eyeball deep into parsing the damn riddle of the century. She frowns at him when he calls her out, but it shakes loose whatever, likely Jiro-induced, preoccupation has her fastened to the spot, so he'll take it. 
Still, with that scrunched, sulking expression, she closes the distance between them, finally remembering they're here to do their goddamn job. Then, you don't have to be rude, you know. It's a low admonishment, murmured directly into his ear, because she's behind him now, pressed against him, snug as you fucking please, arms winding tight around his collar. She smells like a fucking summer meadow. For the thousandth time, Kotsky prepares to leap out a window, wearing Uraraka like a skin-tight backpack, and for the thousandth time, he feels superheated, like he's on fire. Ready? He snaps, hating every moment of this on principle. He knows she's frowning again, because his peripheral vision works, and because her face is right fucking there. When you are. And with that, warm fingers at his neck instantly neutralize the totality of gravitational forces working against him, and he begins falling slowly upward. He kicks gently off the sill, giving Uraraka time to lock her legs together over his hips, and then, willfully suppressing the never-pleasant, nauseous tug at his guts, an unavoidable consequence of her quirk, he throws back his hands and chains explosions to propel them forward, and they cleave through nearly two kilometers in a deafening handful of seconds. It's not subtle, but unless Dragonfucker in there has some truly spectacular support quirk, their marks don't have time to go anywhere. And in any case, fuck subtlety. A blink before they smash through one of the eight million windows of the quirk registry, Katsuki flings out a hand and expels a charge that vaporizes the layers of reinforced and laminated glass, using the grenadier of his other arm as a shield to protect Uraraka and himself from the wave of heat and any resulting glass spray. Uraraka, for her part, ducks her head and buries her face against his shoulder, which does absolutely nothing to abate the sensation that he's being chucked into a fucking furnace. Popping a final blast backwards, they sail through the improvised opening into what is clearly a conference room. There's a projection screen on the opposite wall, and a long, wide table at the center of the room, flanked on either side by neat columns of office chairs. Their landing is fucking flawless. He hits the floor at optimal velocity and altitude, peripherally aware of Uraraka's grip slackening, of her fingers steepling to release her technique at precisely the instant after he touches down, so they don't go bouncing around the room like a couple of assholes. He reaches up automatically to grab her wrist and steady her as she decouples and drops her to her feet behind him, and she double-taps his shoulder blade to signal he should let her go. He is a level of relieved to no longer be touching her that is fucking ridiculous. The walls are floor-to-ceiling glass panels, through which he can plainly see Fissure, the maven, and the dull-faced woman in fantasy fucking footy pajamas, all staring wide-eyed and disbelieving into the conference room. Kotsky wastes no time marching to and throwing open the door, knowing without needing to look that Uraraka's falling into step right after him, and that she'll be visually assessing the perimeter while he keeps his focus squarely on the trio near the eastern stairwell, across several rows of already demolished desks and computers. By the time they're within conversation distance, Kotsky can see none of them are looking at a ravity. All three pairs of eyes are fixed on him. She may as well be Hagikure for all they notice her. Your fucking funeral, he smirks, lowering his stance and pulling his elbows back, palms up and open and freely steaming, his signature pose, according to Ajiro. Then, who's first, fuckwits? 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.